Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, I'm just going to continue the series that we started a few weeks ago. Well, if I'm actually truly honest, we started at the beginning of the year. Beginning this year, we themed this year a Come Follow Me year. Do you remember that? Way back in February of this year, Vision Sunday, we launched a theme for the year. Here we are in December and we kicked off this uh, thought of Come Follow Me with a series called Followers. And because we're so serious about hitting discipleship, hitting Come Follow Me as not just a seasonal theme, but a lifestyle change, we want to end the year as we started it with this thought of followers. Everyone say followers. Followers. And so we're re-looking at followers as a series conclusion to the year. But know this, when we start next year and we have a new theme, know this, discipleship will be at the heart of everything we preach and everything we do next year and the following year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that because it's very important to Jesus. And if it's very important to Jesus, then it should be important to us. Jesus said, go and make disciples. That, that's the brief. That's our role while we're here on planet Earth. If it, was, if it was about worship or other things, we can do that in heaven. But you can't make disciples other than being here on planet Earth. That's our assignment, church. It's to make disciples. And in order to make disciples, we have to first be good followers. And so the last time I spoke, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I spoke on a message called Take a Load Off. Everyone say, Take a Load Off. And we looked at this concept of being yoked with Jesus, being yoked with Him. Turn to the person next next to you and say, be yoked. We're talking about being yoked with Jesus. To follow Jesus, we need to be yoked with Him. And I'm not talking about eggs. I know it's kind of breakfast time or brunch time. I'm not talking about the egg type of yoke. I'm talking about a yoke that is tied to the life of Christ. And we looked at the the life of Jesus and what it means to be yoked with Him. And when we do life with Him, life becomes easier. Why? Because there are some things He just takes from us. John looked at Jesus coming. He said, here's the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. When we repent of our sins, He removes them. He takes them away. He remembers them no more. And so we don't have to carry the weight of past sins. We don't have to carry that weight. We don't have to keep giving our life to Jesus every Sunday, week after week, year after year, and just wear ourselves out on our past. You've been forgiven. You've been set free. He takes things away. In order to make things easier and lighter, He takes things away. There are other things we have to give to Him. He says, cast your cares upon me. So when present anxiety comes, when fears come, when worries come, as a believer, we have to give those things to Jesus. And the moment we hold on to them, it brings a weight and it brings a burden and it brings a heaviness and it takes away the ease of which God intended us to live. So some things He takes away. Some things we have to give to Him. But then we looked at this third thought, that some things we have to carry. And the things we have to carry in this life are personal and spiritual responsibilities. Turn to the person next and say, responsibilities. Responsibilities is one of those words we don't like by and large, but we have responsibilities. And we have responsibilities as people 
personal responsibilities. But when you join the family of God, you also have spiritual responsibilities. And Jesus wants to help us carry those responsibilities. Now, if I can have Jesus come up and join me, that'd be awesome. I'm going to do this with one hand now. I'm going to do this with one hand. I I don't preach with a mic in hand. I normally do the headset, but I can't do that today. So I'm just going to be flexible. So let's just, let's just, Think back a couple of weeks. Let's just imagine this couch represents my spiritual and personal responsibilities. As a person, I have responsibilities. Got to get out of bed at a certain time. Got to get to work at a certain time. Got to shower. Got to do my hair. Got to put on my makeup. (laughs) Got to do all those kinds of things. It's just a responsibility. But I also have spiritual responsibilities. There's prayer and, 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 and reading my Bible and, 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 and all those kinds of things. And that's a weight. It's a weight. And so this, this couch, rep- oh, look at that. This couch represents that weight. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Carrying the weight can be easy. But you know what? Even carrying our personal responsibilities and our spiritual responsibilities can get tiring. And when we follow Jesus, He knows when we're getting tired through doing what is right and picking up our responsibilities. It says, come to me and rest. And and even when it comes to our personal and spiritual responsibilities, He'll say, just just put it down. Take a load off. Come and sit and, and let's just chat. It's called Sabbath. This is the plan God has for us. And so even though we have spiritual and personal responsibilities, there's still moments of rest. But here's the problem. When we don't follow Jesus and we don't let Him take the lead and we want to do it all ourselves, it's I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. i got a business. The moment we say, I want to go where I want to go and we're not following Jesus, here's the thing about Jesus. He doesn't follow us. We have to follow Him. He doesn't follow us. So the moment I say, no, nah, Jesus, I, I, I don't want to rest. I've got to work. I've got bills to pay. And so I, I just pick it up and I'm left carrying my personal and spiritual responsibilities. But my goodness, I know I've got to pray. And I've got to read my Bible and flip it. Sunday already. I've got to get to church. And, and we do life like this. It's, it's hard. And, and there are many people who give their life to Jesus. And after a while, they just get miserable because this is miserable. You can't live like this. We were not designed to live like this. But you know what? Being as smart as we are as human beings, we make it worse. Because what we do, we add to the burden. Because it's not just about being yoked to Jesus. Do you know, every one of us is yoked to something or someone. The people that we are yoked with is really important. Can I have you, young man? Come up here. Come on, Jacob. Come sit on the end here. Let's put our hands together for Jacob. Take a seat. Right on the end there. Right on the end there. Right on the end. Jacob might represent the people in our life. And I'm going to carry my personal and spiritual responsibilities. But if I'm not yoked with the right people, guess what? It just adds to the weight. And now it gets really hard to move this thing. And friends like Jacob, who needs enemies? I mean, they're not helping. (laughs) The people we are yoked with is really important. Do you know the profession you attach yourself to is really important? 
your vocation and your spiritual ministry. Come up here, wifey. Come up here. Come up here. You represent profession today. What you choose to do as a job, what you choose to do as a ministry becomes really important. Is it lightening the load or is it adding to your load? And if we say, no, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to do it myself now. It gets real. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness me. Life was not meant to be done like this. That's cute, huh? You're welcome. <laughs> They're newlyweds. I mean, this, is, this could just get really intimate in a moment. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is, while I'm doing a bit of lifting, we're not going anywhere. This represents so many people I know carrying all the weight, but not going anywhere. They're not being effective. They're just struggling. People, profession. What are some of the places we're yoked to? Sam, uh, Paul, come up here. Come up here. We've got the people, the profession, and the places. Don't worry, mate. I don't think I'm going to be lifting it. I don't think I'm lifting this. <laughs> now, remember, the whole time Jesus is there. But when I don't follow him, when I don't invite him into my world, he's there for me, but he's not with me. And at no stage has he left me. I've left him. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always there for us. But he's not there with us. Because he doesn't help us into our sin. He doesn't help us out of our destiny. He wants to carry us into purpose. He wants to carry us into our destiny. And we only get there by following him. So now... Yeah, but I like that guy and I love my job. You know the money I get? It's killing me, but you know the money I get? I'm not really gifted to do it, but you know the money I get? And you know what? As a result of how time, the places I go for relief and respite. Oh my goodness. Don't. <laughs> And you know what we conclude as Christians? Christianity doesn't work. I'm not going to church. I can't go to church. I'm too worn out. I'm not going to give church my money. I work really hard and I'm exhausted. And we come up with all these conclusions and Jesus is there the whole time. He never left. Do you notice Nathaniel never left? But all I'm focused on this, so I don't see who's there. But notice this, Jesus will not carry. My stupidity, but he'll always be there for it. Every one of us in this room is yoked to someone or something. The question is, who is it and what is it? Have I made my point? Let's give these guys and girls a hand. So I want to read a passage of Scripture And the title of my message is simply this. Don't be woke. Embrace the yoke. 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says this, Come to me. This is Jesus speaking. We know that because it's written in red. All you who are weary and burdened. If you are weary today, if you're burdened today, there's a high chance, I believe, that it's because of this illustration. I do not believe it's because Jesus has put something on you you can't carry. I do not believe it's because that pastor or that deacon or that servant or that person on the second row, three in. It's not that. It's because we fail to embrace the invitation. It says if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're burdened, I'll give you rest. Everyone say rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this thought that this yoke is easy. Now a yoke was a piece of wood, as we learned a couple of weeks ago, a piece of wood joined that was used to join two oxen together to do the work, to pull a plough, to pull a wagon. We had a photo of it up last week. I don't know if we have that available today but it's a piece of wood that's been skillfully carved out, handmade to fit a certain oxen well, that he might do the work. See, this passage of Scripture is often misused. And remember, context is crucial. This passage was not a do-nothing passage. Jesus was not intending for you to sit back, sing Kumbaya and wait for His return. He wants us to work. And so He uses the word yoke as a metaphor for work. So Jesus using the word yoke implies that there is work to be done. Why? Because nothing good happens on its own. Good things happen when good work is done. We live in the privileged position of redemption because of the work of Jesus on the cross. Jesus left the splendour of heaven, came to planet earth to do the work of the ministry, which was to save the world. That's a pretty important job He had. And thankfully He was not interrupted. He was not distracted. But at the age of 33 and a half thereabouts, he hung on his cro- on the cross and he said these words, it's finished, it is finished. My job is complete. Some of you might say 33 and a half, you're so young. Jesus didn't die young. Jesus didn't die old. Jesus died finished. Jesus died on purpose. Jesus died having fulfilled the work that He came to do. Good things happen when good work is done. If you want a good marriage, it's going to take work. All relationships take work. I love my wife. I love the concept of marriage. I've been married for almost 32 years. 
We dated for eight years before that. Next year, we celebrate 40 years of being together. I love that. I love that thought. And I love her. But it's taken work. You know why? Because I'm a guy and she's a girl. Guys and girls are not compatible. We are different. Have you noticed that? Men and women are different. And in order for us to live together harmoniously, it's taken work and effort on both parties. And so I stand up here saying I'm more in love with her today than when we first met, but it has taken work. And we have a good marriage, praise God, but it's taken work. All marriages take work. All relationships take work. Families take work. Oh my goodness me. Three kids takes work. Some of you have four kids, five kids. There are some crazy people who say, oh, we'll have another one. We'll have six. What? What? Work. If you're one of the Ecclesies, they had like 27 or something. I mean, seriously, just, I mean, a lot of, it's just work. It's effort. Your place of employment takes work. Even the dream job takes work. Ministry takes work. I think some people think that as a pastor, I only work Sundays. And not even all day, just in the morning, a little bit at night. I wish that was the case. Hey, Pastor Marty, wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be great. If you want to get into ministry, hoping that you only have to work Sunday morning and Sunday night, do it. Have a crack. See how far you get. It takes work. Everything that is good in life takes work. And this is what I know about work. Work can make you weary. Work can make you weary. I just realised we've still got keys in the background. You can either sit down or stay up to you. I'll just, I'll keep going. Even the best job, even the best marriage takes work and will make you weary. But work should never wear you out. Work can and will at times make you weary, but it should never be the thing that wears you out. If you're saying to yourself, I feel worn out, there's there's a good indicator that maybe, just maybe, You're carrying things and yoked to things that you shouldn't be. Because Jesus did not come to wear you out. Jesus did not come to burden you down. He says, my yoke that I want to place on you is easy. And it's easy because I want to do it with you. I want to help you carry your spiritual and your personal responsibilities so that you don't wear yourself out. But you will get weary. And He knew that. That's why He put Sabbath in place. That's why church is so important. That's why reading a Bible is so important. These are not legalistic rules that should be imposed on us. But when you understand rest, when you understand ease, When you understand God's intent for us that we don't wear ourselves out and burn out, 
It makes sense. I've been reading my Bible since the age of 15 on a daily basis. It was a decision I made as a 15-year-old. I don't say that to brag, but I want you to join the dots. I've never had a burnout in ministry or in life. And it's not because I'm good. It's because I've followed Jesus and embraced His ways. And it's because of my prayer. It's because of my daily reading. It's because of my attendance in church. Although they add to my life, although I have to carve some time for those things, it's actually the thing that gives me rest. Helps me get proper perspective. So overall, it's not adding. It's actually life saving. So I never see church as a burden. I don't see reading my Bible as a burden. I don't see giving to God financially as a burden. I see it as an opportunity to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to serve you and follow you and give you everything first. My finance first. My time first. Wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is read my Bible. And, and, and it's, just, it's just been some disciplines that have helped me work with an ease. See, our job is not to get work harder, it's to work smarter. See, weariness is a tiredness that comes from carrying our responsibility. That's okay. Weariness is a tiredness that comes from carrying our responsibilities. But being worn out is a tiredness that comes from carrying our irresponsibilities. See, being responsible or irresponsible is a matter of choice. And the decisions we make determine how we're going to live our life, how healthy it's going to be, and ultimately how easy or not it's going to be. See, the word easy implies well-fitting. I got a jacket here that's not my jacket. You'll probably soon work that out when I put it on. But I think it's going to make for a great picture with my one arm. I'm not going to mention whose jacket this is, but we definitely don't have the same body composition. Can you imagine me trying to convince you that this fits me? No, it looks good. It fits me. It does fit me. Stop it. I'm offended. I'm offended because you're saying it doesn't fit me. I would say the jacket's telling you it doesn't fit you. But people try to do this with their jobs. They get the promotion, but they can't handle it. It's too big for them. It's wearing them out. Yeah, you're getting more money, but you've got less joy, less health. And if you keep going, you'll have less family. Because what you're wearing doesn't fit you. God's made you with a certain design. He's made you with a certain purpose in mind. 
And one of the biggest problems and mistakes we make is by comparing ourselves with others. I, I want to do what they do. Everyone wants what everyone else has got instead of being grateful for what they've been given. And so when we get what doesn't really belong to us, it looks stupid. It doesn't fit. And we might be able to do it for a little while, but it's going to come at the cost of something. And there are families breaking down. There are ministries breaking down. Do you know how many pastors are pastoring churches that while they have a good intent, they shouldn't be pastoring churches? It's just not their best fit. The intent is awesome. The desire to want to serve Jesus at that capacity is phenomenal. Love the desire, but desire doesn't make for gifting. And the more we walk around like this, the less people we're convincing. Because everyone knows that this jacket doesn't fit me. Have you worked that out? This is not a new fashion trend. <laughs> Jacob Madrin, don't get any ideas. <laughs> this is not the future. I'm... And so Jesus says, give it to me. Give it to me. Because my yoke is going to fit you well. The thing I'm asking you to do is going to fit you nicely. I found myself in ministry in some of the most bizarre moments and situations. And I cannot tell you the grace that comes on me for those moments. Because what God has called me to do fits me. But there's also lots of things that I can't do. You know, if you ever want your car fixed, there's a mechanical problem. You might love me as a pastor, but I promise you, you're going to hate me as a mechanic. I'll pray for you, but I won't touch your car. You know, I had to change the battery in my little scooter the other day because it was flat to buy a new battery and change it. I Googled that thing. I got on YouTube, how do you change a battery in a 50cc scooter? I watched it five times. <laughs> Managed to under a few screws. And wow, guess what? I changed the battery. It's amazing. I feel like a mechanic. But I don't know that anyone would actually employ me because it took me about five hours by the time I researched it. Not employable. Felt good about myself for a little while, but it's not the best fit. Am I making my point today? And so God wants us to work, but He wants us to do it with an ease. And even things that suit us and fit us well still have moments. Do you know this is a passage I absolutely love? And it's found in, which is good as a pastor, to love some scripture, it's good. But in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, it says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
Great is your faithfulness. You know, every morning that tells me that we receive new grace. It's a new day, new grace. New hope, new joy, new grace. And if I can illustrate that just for a moment, somehow I've got $200 in cash in my pocket. Mainly for the purpose of illustrating this point. But imagine if this $200, $450 bills represents the new mercies, the new grace. Every day we got $200 of grace. The question is, how are you going to spend that grace? How are you going to spend it? I know for me, I don't want to spend much grace when it comes to my marriage. And so we, we put things in place so there's an ease to our marriage. Which means I don't sit on the phone all day, scrolling through Instagram or any other form of social media, or always on the couch watching the TV, because that's gonna get very wearing in a marriage. And pretty soon we're gonna have to use a lot of grace just to stay married. And so imagine you're struggling in your marriage, and again, please, disclaimer, because of the grace of God, no matter what you're going through, we're not here to bring condemnation. We're not here to point a finger. We're here to point you to Jesus. But what I found is in following Him, ultimately, there's an ease. And in the long run, things go better for you. But if we continue to hang around the wrong people, stay in the wrong profession, go to the wrong places, we're going to have to use all our grace just to stay married to that woman or to that man. Can you imagine $50 every day of that $200 has to go just to stay married? And don't even get me started with the kids. That's another $50 of grace. Just to keep the family at bay. And that job is wearing me out. I need all my grace just to go back to that work every day. We cut the grind. And then because of the bad habits to cope with all of that, the drinking, the smoking, the addictions. I don't have much grace for anything else. I certainly don't have grace to go to church. I don't have grace to tithe. But can you imagine? And this is how we've tried to live our life. Simple. But this is how we've tried to live our life. To make our marriage as simple as possible so that I don't have to use any grace to stay married. Imagine if you live in a way by following Jesus, you don't have to use grace just to be married. Or you find yourself in the right job, the right fit for you. You don't have to use any grace just to go to that work because you love it. Now you've still got 200 bucks. Imagine every day you've got all this excess. That if you saw someone who needed help, there's grace, there's finance. Say, so, hey buddy, have that. Well, imagine if you had one of those days and you didn't have to spend any of it, but the next day you get another 200 Now you've got $400. It's just building up. But then you get a blood infection and you're in a hospital and you're almost dying. It's an unusual circumstance, a situation, but because you've got so much grace banked up, it doesn't take us out. What I love about me almost dying in hospital in 2016 is the fact that my wife never missed church. She never stopped leading. She led the church through that season 
when I was down and out. Where did that grace come from? It was stored up. Because she wasn't using it on people she shouldn't be hanging around, a person she shouldn't be married to, unruly kids, bad habits, or some stupid job that she should never have done in the first place. Didn't buy that house we couldn't afford. She's got this grace. But if you keep making dumb decisions, yeah, God's grace is there, but you'll only have grace for your dumb decisions. But you won't have grace for anyone else or anything else. And life gets hard. And we say, I'd love to be able to give. I just can't. Yeah. So we may need to change some things. Going back to our original picture, we may need to say, okay, off the couch. Job, off the couch. Buddy, out of my life. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I had three points, which I kind of think I've covered. But it's really important when it comes to who we are yoked with. The Bible says, do not be yoked with an unbeliever. That's pretty legalistic, isn't it? No, 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 it's not. It's just wisdom and love. It's just God wanting you to make some good choices so that there's an ease in your life. Do you know the moment you say, I'm going to marry an unbeliever, guess what? Already there's tension on your Sunday. What do you do Sunday? It's a tension Kath and I have never had in our marriage. Not once, not never. Marty and Carrie are nodding, same. They've been married longer than us. But we never had to fight over that. Never had to use any grace. What are we going to do Sunday? Oh, I suppose I better not go to church today. And just, just, just no grace needed. No grace required for that. We settled that before we got together. I remember us dating. We, we looked at our non-negotiables. We looked at our values. Because that's what being equally yoked is all about. It's not just going to church, by the way. It's not just being a Christian. You know that. You know there's Christians and there's Christians. I was watching Love Actually again, because it's Christmas. And there's this one scene of this guy. He goes overseas to sow his wild oats. And, and he finds himself in a bar with three girls, all beautiful. And they were just obviously coming on to him. And he was like, this is amazing. And then they said, oh, we've got another friend. And she's, she's, the, she's the pretty one. And he was like, praise the Lord. And one of the girls says, oh, and he's a Christian. Uh, he wasn't a Christian. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you are. And even if you are a Christian, and even if you go to church, values can be different. I remember saying to Kath, I said, Kath, if you're going to marry me, you need to know something. I'm not into money. I, I don't want to go into ministry. I, I never wanted ministry as we know what I'm doing today. I didn't see myself doing that. But I did want to serve Jesus, whatever that meant. And I said, would you be happy if we ended up in India? Because I don't know what my future looks like. I just want to leave a wide door open for Jesus to take me through. Now, thankfully, I never went to India. Thank you. It wasn't on my life. But I was open. But here's the thing, Kath was open. And those things are worth sorting out before you get married. Before you tie the knot. Before you put on the ring. Because it's going to have a bearing on how 
or weighty your life becomes. With our kids, I'm a bit old school when it comes to my parenting, I've got to be honest. I, I, I adhere to the John Maxwell thinking and that is you either pay now and play later or you play now and you pay later. And I, and I want to be the guy that pays early so we can play later. And so we did the hard yards when we were dating. Kath and I sorted out a lot of stuff. And I'm so grateful as I followed Jesus. I can say this with all integrity because of a life following Jesus, marriage and family has been the easiest part of my life. Not because I'm good at it, but because Jesus is. And I just follow His lead. He's amazing. He saved me so much time, effort and money just by following Him. It's crazy. It's crazy how good He is, how smart He is, how wise He is. And so when it came to our kids, I thought, you know what? I've seen kids I don't want and I've seen kids that I do want. And when our kids were younger, we were just strong. I, I believe when it comes to pairing, here's some pairing advice real quick. Got time? No. Anyway, I'll do it. <laughs> You've got to know the season. If you know the season, you know the reason. I would say from zero to 10, kids need a commander. They don't need a buddy. They don't need you to be their friend. They just need to be told what to do. When our kids were younger in that age bracket, and it was 7 o'clock, 7.30, depending on the age. I said, it's bedtime. If they said to me they don't want to go to bed, I'd say, because they're not tired, I would say, that's fine. You're going to bed because I'm tired of you. Go to bed. <laughs> this is not a discussion. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. They need a commander. They need to be told. And what you tell them is really important. It can't be a woke conversation. It has to be a Bible one. Because I didn't want to fall out of love with my wife while raising kids. I wanted to make sure every day I had time to spend time with my first love, which is my wife in our family context. I love our kids, but I love my wife more. Our kids know that because eventually your kids leave. Just get up and married and leave. <laughs> Son-in-laws come along and take them away. And that's right. So they need a commander. And if you get that stage right, then you've got to make a shift. Because if you command a teenager, they will rebel. What worked in one season will not work in the next. So then you've got to become a coach. And I saw this modelled in my life through my dad. When I was younger, don't smoke. When I was 10, 11, 12, say, hey, bud, if you want to smoke, it's up to you. Because, but if you do, you just need to know some things. It starts coaching. If you do, you'll be cool. You'll be in the in crowd. You'll be one of those guys. But if you don't, you have more money, better health. And anyway, do you really want to be in the in crowd if it comes down to you having to smoke? Are they really your friends? That just made so much sense to me. I made the decision not to smoke after that because I was coached well. I was commanded well. Then I was coached well. And that's that kind of 10 to, let's call it 20, just for, I don't have time, this is a whole teaching. But this is what we try to do with our kids, to make it easy. And then kids get older and they get married, and two of our kids are no longer their coach. You know why? Because they're not in our team anymore. They got married. The Rainbow family is no longer one, it's three. 
Jordan and Nathaniel have their own team, of which Nathaniel is the captain of that team. I'm not his coach, I've got a different team. Mitch and Caitlin got married. They're not in our team anymore. I'm not his coach. And I have to move into a third stage. And this is the hands-off stage. I become a consultant. And consultancy only works if they ask the questions. I can't impose myself on them any. I can't say, I can't coach them. But you know what? If they ask, I can speak. And if you get seasons one and seasons two, right, guess what? When season three comes along, they'll be on the phone all the time. They'll come around all the time and eat your food <laughs> over and over and ask questions and have great conversations. How's that landed for us? Putting on the yoke of Jesus and being careful who we yoke to, what we yoke to, and where we yoked. This is not, I hope and pray, a condemnatory, heavy message. I want us to live light. I want us to live free. But can I say the best way for that to be reality is to follow Jesus. His wisdom. His insight yeah. is far wiser and far more insightful yeah. than anything you and I can come up with. I only have one boast in my life and it's King Jesus. Yeah. If I'm worthy of following, and that's what this year is all about, it's a come follow me year. If, I, if my life, if our marriage, if our kids is worth following, it's only because of who we follow. Yeah. Yeah. Paul says it this way, the great apostle, the one who wrote much of the New Testament, he said, follow my example. That sounds arrogant, but it wasn't the end of the scripture. He says, as I follow Christ. If I have an example that is worthy of following, it's for one reason only. And that's because of who I'm following. And his name is Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.